Hey, welcome to the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show. I'm Steve Ray, your barbecue correspondent, coming to you live from Ultwa. Man, I tell you what, folks, it is it is bad, you know, here in the uh, Tennessee Valley, tri-state area. Tornadoes creamed us. I mean, just creamed us. Sunday night, late into Monday morning, and uh, we have been putting the pieces back together again. Uh, luckily, our family and business uh, didn't suffer any damage but uh boy i tell you what i've got close friends that are homeless and i've got uh good customers that are without power still homeless and uh just a, a plethora of things going on here um over and above the coronavirus so let's let's power through it we're brought to you by michelin tires and boy we've sold a lot of tires people running over nails and all kinds of stuff in the road this weekend um Michelin has a tire for your car, and I've got them at my place, too, at the Midnight Oil in Ottawa. Truck or SUV, it just doesn't matter. Your family needs a good ride, and you need to ride on Michelin tires. The Alice Barbecue Show is also brought to you by Put Your Barbecue Products, available nationwide, online, and at a retailer near you. Put Your Barbecue Products will put you in the winner's circle at your competition and in your own backyard. Trust David Vosca. Trust your butcher. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for Al's Nest Barbecue. Jeff Maxwell is at his house monitoring the chat. So please feel free to join in. Jeff will talk to you. And uh, thanks, Jeff, for uh, helping me tonight. Jeff and I did, uh, we had a little barbecue cook on our own. We did 10 butts for the local, one of our local churches. They're going to go out and... Uh, distribute that food to some of the workers and some of the people that have lost housing and they're going to do that tomorrow and uh good for them we were glad to do it and um and folks i'm gonna tell you something you know when i went to the store i haven't shopped for barbecue meat god i don't know how long because of just all the stuff that's going on uh i've been getting hamburgers things like that uh i've been in smash burgers lately and been looking at a lot of ground meat stuff we, I went to our local uh, grocery chain. We have one. It's called uh, Food City. It's based out of Bristol, Tennessee. Pork butts, 99 cents a pound. I kid you not. 99 cents a pound. That's pretty cheap. That's pretty cheap. We picked up uh, 10. Cooked 10, and I went back and picked up five today, and Jeff picked up five for himself as well. All right, let's get this show on the road. With me today is Derek Riches. The former Utah resident and now Texas resident, 1,300-mile move, went from, uh, Derek, I think you went from uh, earthquakes to tornadoes, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's and everything in between. Well, um, you know, I, I must say, I miss, I miss the pantry shot that we had last time of you in your Utah house. <laughs> that was a good one. You'll have to, yeah. yeah all my stuff is still boxed up. I'm still trying to get everything I can't, sorted. I can't imagine. Um, you're not a, you're not as old as I am, but but you're not a spring chicken either. And um, you, it, isn't it amazing how much stuff you accumulate when you have to look around and and you start putting it in boxes? Yeah, it's 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 frightening actually how much stuff. Um, how many book boxes did you have? Oh, 30? Yeah. 40? I mean, a lot. I moved, When we moved to this house 14 years ago, I couldn't believe all the books that I had accumulated uh, from the last house. And uh, those are the heaviest boxes yeah. you'll ever try to move. They're, they're the, 
They're they're the worst. They're the worst. The, the china the china boxes are bad. It's the book boxes that the uh, movers they when they see books written on top they go oh boy, here yeah. we go. And then when they find out who they're moving, uh, one of the premier bur- barbecue journalists in the nation, and they know that you're going to have tons of books and writings and readings. Uh, they probably went oh no not this guy, not a, not a, not another one. So. Uh, I know you haven't been there long, so I've never been to Texas. Is it as big as they say? Yeah, because I mean, we drove we drove down. It was literally the only way to 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 move. Um, so we rented an RV and and drove. And wow, as far half half the drive was getting from across West Texas, and we're in the middle here. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, this is like the center of Texas, and it was a it, that was like a day was just getting from getting into the state and to here. Well, um, I, you know, if, if I was a, a, a barbecue expert like you, I probably couldn't think of a better place to live than Austin, Texas. You know, we, we, uh, spent a lot of time kind of thinking about where to go and had a lot of choices and, and just kind of, I settled down here because I was thinking, you know what, it's like, well, we could go, we could go, you know, more in Alabama or areas like that or, you know, somewhere, you know, deeper south. And I was like, well, you know, I want to avoid the weather as much as possible. And Mm -hmm. the day we got here, it was just torrential rain. And then, you know, the storm that you guys got set off, you know, tornado warnings here Mm -hmm. for, I think, first time in four years that they've had active tornado warning going on um so, you, are you a music fan too uh yeah pretty eclectic you but. yeah i mean you moved to the greatest city in probably united states in for music and barbecue you know if i could go out and do something that would that would be nice yeah. it was i was really looking forward to getting here i was really excited about going to a lot of barbecue joints spending a lot of time with people and i've been in the house for three weeks well, just hang in there. It's going to be, hopefully, hopefully it'll be over soon. Um, is uh, what, what's the what's the mood in Austin, Texas? Is everybody are they itching to get the economy flowing there too, or is it? Yeah, uh, are they still I, careful? I, I think people are. There's some frustration. It's. I think people are trying to be really patient. I mean, the places I've been to is you know hitting the grocery store and stuff like that and. I think people are being, you know, pretty nice, pretty patient with everything so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's that kind of, well, you know, we're all in it together, so let's just make it as easy as possible. So are everyone's they, been really great so far. Are the, are the restaurants uh, are they are they are they trying to do takeout? Like a they lot are. are. Yeah. Um, um, you know, that's kind of a you know, particularly with barbecue joints, it's kind of hard because. If you can get the takeout going, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make any money on it. Right. So, a number are, um, you know, and and you know, there's some kind of old historic barbecue joints in this area, and mm-hmm. they've survived on on reputation and being a destination. And now it's kind of like, well, for the first time, they've they've got to have like a website. They've got to have some sort of online ordering system. I mean, I live real close to the Driftwood location for Solid. And you know, that's been cash only forever. And, you know, now they're kind of like, well, we have to do online ordering and, you know, make these arrangements this way. So I guess it's they scram- a lot change. I guess they scrambled for the square. <laughs> you know, something, yeah, something, any, any, something, 
inexpensive that they could uh, get a credit card into. That's a uh, you know that, that's interesting. Um, you know when a, when a barbecue place does takeout, um, you know it's expensive to when somebody takes out food, but with all the uh, just the packaging alone, uh, plus plus the the you know the high cost of the food. Well, you know, there's that, but you know, I mean, in the restaurant business, one of your best profit margins is in drinks. Mm -hmm. And when people are doing takeout, they're far less likely to order, you know, to get, you know, to get a beverage to go. They've got that at home. So, yeah, you know, that, that right there, I think is one of the things that's really hit a lot of restaurants and a lot of barbecue joints is, you know, we don't have that upsell potential. You know, you know, I was, um, uh, I was talking last week uh, with, uh, or a week before, with uh, Carrie Bringle from Peg Leg Porkers, and uh, I was telling him about an interview I heard with Nick Solaris on the Barbecue Central show a couple weeks ago, when Greg was talking to him about the uh, other side of this, and um, Nick Solaris said that he he said that that dining was going to change dramatically. He said fine dining would probably just go away, and the way uh, the way restaurants are even set up. The way we go out and eat, I know you, you probably go out and eat uh, in barbecue uh, restaurants and other restaurants probably more than the average person. What do you think's gonna, what do you think it's gonna be like when um, Derek and Derek and his uh, spouse go out and um, order in a restaurant? You know, I've heard, I've, I've kind of heard that argument, and and I do think that there are going to be some very fundamental changes. I think things are going to be. A lot of things are going to be different, but I also kind of think there's a there's a pent up desire to go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are like, man, you know, as soon as I can go to a restaurant and actually sit down and enjoy a meal, I'm going to be there. And I'm hoping that's the case. I, I, I'm I'm really hoping that a lot of people are like, let's get out there and and go to some great places, and yeah. not just support them, but actually enjoy a night out. That would be, that'd be something, or a lunch, you know. But yeah, I, I I think we're gonna lose some some places. I think we're gonna lose some important historic barbecue joints. I hate to see it happen. Um, to that but, point, and, and I don't I don't want to turn this into a. Well, we we can talk whatever we want to talk about. Um, he said Nick Nick in that interview said that um, the best finest restaurants in New York, they're all based on cash flow. They're all thirty days away from insolvency. He yeah. said, "Even the finest restaurants that you could, you would never think that." He said that. No, it's true. Um, do you think that'll be the case with some of the uh, the barbecue restaurants there in uh, the Austin or Texas area? Because I mean, some of those things. I mean, you know, we, you know, the oldest one we have here is 1946 in uh, Ultua uh, Couches Barbecue, continuous operation, same location. Uh, but I mean, they've got some that date back to the what 1930s and probably yeah. before that. Yeah, no, it's it's true, um, and you are right about that. I mean, you know, restaurants in themselves are it, it's an expensive proposition, and you know the margins are pretty slim, and barbecue is even worse. You know, you're talking about a very expensive product. You're selling meat; it's mm-hmm. the most expensive thing on the menu, and that's what people are there to get. So, you know, that's hard. I think it's just going to be how flexible they've been able to be because, you know, when you're shut down, you need to be able to shut down quickly. You need to be able to say, hey, the 
we're not buying, we're going to get rid of what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, some places they've turned themselves into meat markets, grocery stores, um, or they're, you know, they're working to, to do donation meals, you know, trying to support hospital staff and do that. So um, it, it, I think it's hard to tell right now what it's going to look like on the other side. I'm I'm trying to be optimistic though. Yeah, well, of course we want to be optimistic. I was talking to a customer of mine. He worked for a uh, like a Cisco or, or a international um, IJ, one of those restaurant supply things. And he said the thing about it, he said one advantage that a restaurant has is it it doesn't have inventory. Um, yeah. Uh, so that you don't have to carry inventory costs, um, and then you know you can you know furlough all the employees. Uh, basically the rent goes on um, and you know it just he says uh, he says he thinks it'll boil down to how bad the landlord you know either wants him out of that spot or is willing to work with him and in turn how bad the bank uh, wants that wants that property in a, in a repossession st- style uh, situation I think we learned from the recession and I think a lot of banks learned, during the recession that they make lousy landlords and they yeah. make lousy homeowners and they make it's lousy true. business center owner operators. So uh, I know um, in our area, uh, well, it's all over the nation. The, uh, the banks have been uh, almost, um, uh, they've been very forthcoming about what they will do for you uh, as far as uh, mortgage payments on, on business property home payments and things like that, uh, you know, suspending them, uh, you know, kicking them down the road a little bit. So, uh, I think, I think the, the financial atmosphere for business owners, small business owners, which most restaurants are, uh, the mom and pop things. I think that's, I think that's going in their favor because I think the banks want them to succeed as well, because they're not going to know what to do with a barbecue restaurant. And they're not going to know what to do with that space because if the barbecue yeah. guy that's been there for 20 years isn't going to make it, the next guy, you know, what makes you think he's going to make it? No, you're absolutely right. And having a, you know, having a glut of real estate, commercial or residential on the market isn't going to help the banks out any because it's just going to drop the prices and all of that that they, you know, if they are foreclosing left and right, they're going to end up with worthless property. So, you know, I, I, I do think that there's some space in there. I think it's going to be able to, you know, I think that the rent issue, the landlord issue, that's going to be okay. And a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the more rural barbecue joints, particularly down in this area. And I, and I think throughout, you know, much of the South and they own the land they're on because they've been there forever mm-hmm. and they're largely rural. They're not in the city. It's going to be the ones, you know, the downtown Austin you know, for where I am, that's where I'd be worried. But, you know, I'm out in Driftwood or if you're up in Lockhart or if you're, you know, out in Llano and you've got, you know, you're just kind of out on the periphery. I think that, you know, that's not the concern. I, um, it's just going to be getting people back in when you can yeah. open up. And I think, I think when everybody does, when it does come back, I would, I would dare to say the staffs will be, uh, they probably won't go back to the levels at first that they were when they closed, and yeah. uh, and they'll just like, they'll have kind of put, be putting their toe in the water to see what the atmosphere is like, and then hopefully they can you know hire more people. Um, 
I don't see how they hire people anyway. Bless their hearts. It's hiring for a restaurant has got to be the most uh, humbling experience as a business owner that there is. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, I mean, that's that's always the the reputation restaurants have is the turnover rate is usually really really high, and mm-hmm. keeping people on staff is is difficult because you know if you've got experience in the restaurant world, you can pretty much go anywhere. So you know, you move around and work as you need to. So. I think they can get a lot of staff back. I think they can get people back in there. I mean, there's oh, they'll a get them back. They're, lot of people looking for work. Yeah, they'll be itching to work. Yeah. So, hey, let's let's go. Let's 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 uh, get all the blues blues out of the way like we did, and uh, let's go to the uh, Oklahoma Joe. Uh, that little uh, let's see, that was the OJ, the Rider DLX that you did a um, a review on. You did two videos on your YouTube channel. On that, I liked yeah. I, I liked it. And, uh, you know, it was funny when um, all the uh, attention was going towards the Weber smoke fire. Uh, Oklahoma Joe's kind of quietly slipped this little product into the uh, forefront of the uh, pellet uh, arena. And uh, from what I can tell by the videos you've done, it looks like a, a pretty well-built, uh, solid machine. Um, haven't heard the haven't heard all the horror stories like we have on the Weber you know, I don't know how true or not, but what are your um, what are your conclusions after spending some time with the uh, rider uh, DLX from OJ? Well, I think it. You know, <clears throat> first of all, it's about six hundred and fifty bucks, so it's priced really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, it's priced versus much smaller Traeger grills, much lighter weight Traeger grills. I mean, this thing's like two hundred and sixty pounds. It's solid steel. Um, and it's pretty versatile in that, you know, I mean, it works as a pellet grill, but it has a direct flame capability. So it kind of, you know, interestingly enough, it does a a number of the things that smoke fire will do. Um, the only thing that's really missing is there's no connectivity. It's, there's no Bluetooth. There's no Wi-Fi to it. It's a very basic controller unit with no connectivity. Um, but it'll sear a steak and it'll smoke on it. Um, there are similar issues. And that is, um, I, the first thing I, I did is I grabbed a, you know, I got it, I got set up, I put a pork butt on it and I let it go and it caught on fire. Probably what? 20 minutes. And You're kidding. Where, where no. did, it, did it catch fire in the fire pot or, well, it can't get to well, the fire pot cause it's got that big, that round shield on it. Well, that round shield, but that round shield is turns. Yeah. So it opens for direct flame right. or closes for smoke. Well, you get grease accumulation on top of that. Mm-hmm. little baffle there and then that catches on fire it only burned for maybe a minute but you know you still have that potential so the the thing about this is if you're going to smoke on it you probably want to cook on the upper racks mm-hmm. not right directly down below because the heat is actually pretty intense even at low temperatures i, I saw that um, one that one video you did where it actually it it, it looked like it charred that uh pork butt because you had it right, yeah. right there yeah um yeah, you know, I thought that I, you know, the the uh, Weber that I've got, the the smoke fire is the first pellet grill I ever owned, I, and I knew nothing nothing about them. So every time I used it, it was a learning, uh, you know, I was learning new things about pellet smokers. Uh, when I did my first uh, brisket and my first butt on the on that uh, smoke fire, I used the middle rack. It made sense to me to move it up off of the bottom rack where it was where it would get more airflow. In more, uh, you know, ambient temperature instead of direct 
direct temperature. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know if they say to do that or not. I, I don't, I don't remember reading it, but, uh, yeah. Well, and with this, there was, you know, there's no, there was nothing in, 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 in the instructions or any of the manuals, mm -hmm. you know, about that at the time. And, you know, when I go into a product like this, I literally, it's like, you know, what's the most basic arrangement I can go with? What's, what does it look like? This is how you're supposed to do it. What are the illustrations showing me? So that's what I go for. I, you know, I might know better a little bit from experience, but I still want to see what the average consumer is going to be hit with. You know, the person who doesn't have a lot of experience on these sort of things. So, you know, I mean, other than that, it charred a bit on the bottom of, of that butt, but the rest of it was smoked pretty well. And, you know, it turned out fine. And just had to kind of pick out some crispy bits of it. Yeah. Did, uh, which I actually enjoy. How was the, uh, you know, that little, that middle, that little round middle rack they've got, it's kind of got a design in it for the, the searing of the steaks. How did it, um, it's, I think they advertised what? 650 degrees. Yeah. Um, how did, how did that work? Well, so, so one of the things, one of the other tests I did on is I took a, uh, I took a couple of uh, about one inch thick ribeye steaks mm -hmm. and I put them on there and I let it go on the upper rack. So let them go low and slow as low as temperatures it would go for about 45 minutes. And then I cranked, I just turned, turned it up to its highest setting. Mm hmm let it sit for about a minute. Then I opened up that direct flame and threw the steaks straight on it and seared them right then and there, you know, mm -hmm. because yeah. it, it's burning hot. It's burning really hot and it's right on that direct flame. So you, there's no heat up time. You don't, you know I mean? That's with a more traditional pallet grill. If you wanted to do something like that, mm -hmm. it can take 20, 30 minutes to kind of get it up to a temperature and you know, to its maximum temperature, depending yeah. on your weather conditions and all of those sort of things. So I just went straight forward and, and it turned out great. It, it got that reverse sear on that real intense. Those heavy cast iron cooking grates will take in a lot of heat. Um, so, you know, from that, I was really actually quite impressed with that. Uh, from just cooking reverse sear on a pellet grill without going to a different piece of equipment or any lag time in between, uh, that worked great. You know, when I saw uh, when I when I was when I got and I don't want to compare the Oklahoma Joe to the Weber. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just yeah. I'm just just trying to explain what based on my my very short experience with pellet smokers, um, it seemed to me that everybody was jumping on 600 degrees and maybe maybe you're jumping on 650. I don't I don't cook a steak that high. I'm 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 400 to 420 degrees. Uh, you know I'm not I'm not in a hurry. What I'm saying is I don't. I'm not, you know, if, if it takes, you know, if it takes 10 minutes, you know, compared to five minutes to cook a steak, I'm okay with that. Uh, what, what, what do you, how do you do yours? Because everybody was saying, oh, it'll go to 600 degrees. Well, you know, you, you know, so what? I mean, it doesn't have to go to 600 degrees. No, it doesn't. You know, um, there's, there's a myth about like the perfect steak and, and it's, it's pushed by a couple of restaurants mm -hmm. that cook at, they use salamanders, these reverse top-down infrared cooking equipment that they'll generate 1,500 degrees. And the idea that, you know, oh, you know, you cook steak in three minutes or two minutes, you know, it's like, man, it's like, that doesn't necessarily make it better. It might 
give it a nice charcoaly flavor on the outside if you go 20 seconds too long. Um, but, you know, I cook steaks in a variety of ways. So depending upon the equipment I'm using, if, if I can push it to that kind of temperature, let's see what it'll do. Um, but no, I agree with you that, you know, generally when I'm, if I'm just cooking myself a steak on any regular grill, I don't, I'm not cooking it those kind of temperatures necessarily. Um, have you done, have you done any, did you do any burgers on yours yet? I did. Uh, I've done burgers on that. Worked great. Um, good high temperature. Uh, it worked very much like if you were doing a, you know, um, on almost any kind of grill, if you're doing Mm -hmm. it on charcoal or something like that, you had a bit of a grease would burn, you'd get the fire going, uh, made good burgers. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I think we're now kind of in that age where we talk about how well a pellet grill can do a burger, you know, when it was largely a smoking apparatus, but well, you you know, you you go for high temperature. You bring up a good point. It was, it amazes me that the, uh, uh, and I'm just saying generically, you know, the, all the things that it will do. Well, we did a we, we had a little gathering at our at our gas station Saturday. We have a couple of guys that we always get together on Saturdays and have lunch. And I did uh, burgers, and I just bought those uh, you know those little frozen quarter pound burgers that you buy at the store. They come in a case, and you know they, they they're easy to cook. Yeah. And, and uh, we I put them on our my pellet smoker. I set the temperature at four hundred, and they cooked nice and slow. Uh, not a lot of flare up. Uh, you know when you turned them over, it didn't flare. But it was it was, it was no different cooking on that pellet smoker than when i cook on my my genesis it was i had the exact same results uh the exact uh you know good taste it wasn't it wasn't that much better than the genesis um but i was really i was really i was was happy with the way that it performed on something other than a brisket or a pork butt i thought you know this thing could you know you know it could take the place of a you know two grills on my back porch I could get well, rid of the Genesis, get rid of the PK, and then you've got the you know you've got the real you know the charcoal taste sort of thing going with the smoke. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was uh, I, th- I think they're fantastic. I, I really do. Well, I think that that's you know now where so many of these manufacturers are trying to get to is the pellet grill that does it all. For a long time, people would have you know their pellet grill for smoking, and then they'd have a gas grill or a charcoal grill mm-hmm. for higher temperature cooking and you know, um, they're not perfect. I'm going to be, you know, honest, the Oklahoma Joe's it, it's not a perfect pellet grill. It, you know, you, there's some grease issues with it. It's a little bit difficult to maintain and kind of clean up. If you want to get down to the fire pot, you, you need two different screwdrivers and, and a wrench and you have to pull a lot of it out. Really? Yeah, it's not it's not that straightforward. Hmm. But um, you know, I mean, as as and it's and it's good size. It's about a, yeah. almost a thousand. I think it's over a thousand square inches yeah. of total cooking space. It looks, it looks really, really big. big yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's comparable. I think it's about the same as the uh, the EX6 smoke fire mm-hmm. in the total cooking space. Yeah, the uh, EX6 is big. The EX6 it's a big smoke. You could get. You could yeah. get if you didn't if you weren't. I always cook in pans, but um, if you weren't cooking in pans, you could get you could get ten butts on an EX6. You'd have to cook yeah. on the bottom pan. I don't like cooking on the bottom rack, but uh, you could. So, 
you know, it's a, um, it's it's like that. Uh, the the rider, it's got plenty of size. Um, what, would you recommend it, the Oklahoma Joe? Because I like, I you know, you, you see the Oklahoma Joe a lot uh, when you're when I'm out shopping. You see it in Lowe's, it's yeah. in Walmart, it's in the big boxes. You see them at uh, at the uh, athletic stores. Uh, it's and it seems like it's a um, you know a little more sturdy. I don't know if the wheels fool me or not. They they've got all, they've always got those cool you know metal wagon wheels on there that kind of make it look um, a little more macho than the other ones. I guess. Uh, would you recommend it? Is, is it a is it a, a Derek Riches buy or a Derek Riches hold? Well, well, first of all, just on the wheels, I really wish it just had rubber wheels. <laughs> Because, I mean, for one thing, um, I've moved this around, you know, quite a bit. I've moved it over concrete and brick. And so the paint that they have on the wheels, of course, is just scratched right off. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm still going to do another video and kind of uh, kind of a wrap-up video on it. But, yeah, uh, there's quite a bit of rust on those wheels at this point. And, and I actually got it here to Austin with me. So uh, it's a lot more humid here. So that's going quickly if i think if you if you're looking for a pellet grill that's going to do high temperature cooking you don't care about connectivity you're not looking for an app you're not looking for the wi-fi or all that sort of stuff uh i think it's um better built than a lot of comparable units i think uh it's got a lot of solid performance to it uh particularly if you want to do kind of the more high temperature cooking it's got pit boss and Traeger beat on that regard. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think it, it's a good unit. Uh, that centerpiece is removable. You can buy a griddle for it. They've got like a deep cooking pan. So they've got some accessories to go with it, give you a lot more versatility. Um, you can do pizza on it really well. It's so yeah, it's you can get the degrees, kind of temperatures yeah. to make a good pizza out of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good choice in the price range. I really do. Um, do you think the connectivity uh, or lack thereof, will that be a, um, a deterrent to some of the younger people, do you think? It might be. I'm, you know, I, I still don't, I, I don't have a good gauge on how important that is oh, I to think, users. I think, I, it's, mean, I, I think it's real important to some people. To some people, I think I think it's important to a lot of people. There are, yeah, and I know what you mean. I don't, I don't use it, but I I tell you, just when you read the uh, different social media sites, when you see the 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 YouTube videos, and and uh, the people are always talking about either how easy it connects to their phone or how difficult it is to connect to their phone. Uh, It seems like that is that's what's driving. This market is, uh, you, you know, it's all over social media today. Traeger downloaded a, a downloaded something to the grills. My God, you thought aliens landed it on Area yeah, they, 51 they just again? Rolled out a massive, yeah. Massive it's amazing, isn't it? Upgrade. Every time you turn on the computer, Traeger's downloaded a, another thing to all their grills. Well, I, th- I think Traeger's trying to catch up with the the Weber app. You know. <laughs> For, for Smokefire, they, 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 they needed their app to do what the Weber app would do, so they put a lot of stuff in the development. You know, how well, how easily it connects to your phone is one thing. Whether or not you use the app 
to monitor or control it or you know do anything with the grill that's something else and i think that if you're really new to it that's interesting you know it's it's cool to watch or you can keep track of things and it kind of helps you out it gives you you know you, some of these apps will kind of really tell you what you need to be doing here mm -hmm. Uh, I think once you've got a little bit of experience, I mean, I've talked with people, it's like, yeah, I use the app all the time for a couple of months and then I just kind of stopped. I found I didn't really need it. It wasn't as important. So I'd say once I you learn, once you learn how to use it, you know, how do you how to cook on a smoker if you've never done it? Yeah. Um, you, you don't need it. I mean, it's, 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 it's not brain surgery smoking a piece of meat. I mean, that's why so many people do it. it. You know, there's not, you know, there's not millions of people doing it because it's so hard. There's millions yeah. of people doing it because it's so easy. And, well, uh, you know, if, if, if you're like me and you learned how to smoke meat on a, you know, a cheap little Brinkman smoker back in the mid nineties, mm -hmm. you know, that's different than if you're a 22 year old kid today, who's, you know, doesn't even know cooking, but now has an app on their grill that, might show them what they need to be doing and help them out. I, it's maybe I'm, I'm getting too old to kind of, uh, understand the need for it. Um, no, but... let's not talk that way. We'll be doing the next show on MySpace. space. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, you said something a minute ago. It's not the perfect smoke. It's not the perfect pellet grill talking about the, uh, the OJ DLX. What, what, uh, you've tested, probably hundreds of grills. What is the perfect pellet smoker? Well, that's, that's a hard question. Um, for a long time, I was kind of resistant to pellet smokers, mm -hmm. to pellet grills, pellet smokers. I, I, I prefer, I prefer charcoal. I prefer hardwood. I, I'm kind of old school that way. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I don't know there's such a thing as the perfect pellet grill. Um, I really, I, I've liked Mac grills for years, um, because I think they're really well built. They're very solid construction to them and they're really efficient, but they're a lot more expensive. You know, that's just it. It's, you know, I mean, I've tried out a lot of pellet grills and you can spend now up to about $8,000 on a pellet grill. Yeah. And they're great fantastic it's just an amazing you know that that's some amazing equipment to cook on but it's not realistic um i for for the money for the money now, now you know you're you got to remember you're derek riches <laughs> people yeah, people know. you know and, derek and, people people go to derekriches.com like i do at least three times a week to uh to see what uh what the master has up his sleeve. What is uh, if if Derek Riches has got to spend uh, Derek Riches' money and go out and get a pellet smoker, or you might have already done it? What's on what's on the back porch? That's uh, that is the uh, uh, the Masters, uh, you know, the Masters football. Which what are you using? I think I think that one of the reasons that that I kind of have trouble wrapping my head about what's the best pellet grill is because I don't think that all pellet grills. You know, that everyone who's buying a pellet grill is looking for the same thing. I think that there are people who are looking for a pellet smoker and they want a, an efficient smoker that's going to make barbecue. 
and that's different from the person that wants a pellet grill that's going to cook at higher temperatures and going to do a lot of grilling and or the person that wants kind of the best of both worlds. I don't think that the Oklahoma Joe's is a great pellet smoker. It's a good pellet smoker. Um, but if I was going to want to do a lot of barbecue, I wouldn't pick it. If I was going to be loading that full of briskets, that's probably not the one I'm going to go with. Mm -hmm. um, I liked pellet grills from from Grilla. I think that uh, I had Silverback for a long time. I quite enjoyed that. I think that the higher end Traeger units, the Ironwood and the Timberline, I think those are good units mm -hmm. for smoking. If you want something that does a bit of everything, I think you have to kind of give up on some stuff. I think you have to say it's not going to be a great smoker. It's not necessarily going to be a great grill. This Oklahoma Joe's, it, it works quite well as a good grill, but the actual high temperature grilling space is relatively small and it's not very even. Yeah. Um, doing pellets, doing a pellet grill at high temperature, it, is not going to give you even temperatures. Everyone was outraged that smoke fire wasn't exactly the same temperature from side to side. And I'm like, no, of course it's not going to be. The, in the Oklahoma Joe wasn't either. No, the, it's the not. Right, and the, you know, it was, they were different yeah. under good circumstances. Yeah. But it has two smokestacks on the top that are adjustable. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of, you can, you can improve the evenness a little bit, but largely not at high temperatures. Um, I think for as much as people bash smoke fire, I think it's still a pretty good grill. Um, I mean, you certainly have, don't seem to have had any problems with it. No, I, I've got both. I've got both. I love them. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, for quick. Now, obviously, today we, we used uh, I've used my uh, Meyer Mixon 48 inch water water smoker, and uh, that's I mean, mm -hmm. that, to me, that's that's still uh, yeah. you know that's that's the way to do barbecue to me. It's and Either I agree that, with you completely. That, or that my Southern is, Q gravity feed uh, charcoal smoker. That's uh, that's a great smoker, and there's yeah. a lot. You know, there's a lot in that category. It's not cheap, but yeah, you know. but they but they work, and they and they hold. You, you know, when 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 you work with something, I know you've worked with something, and I think that's what these. I think the reason people like the pellet smokers so much, and the reason I like them, because when when you set the temperature on a um, a good quality smoker like the Myron Mixon, uh, the mm. Southern, um, yeah. it stays there. I mean, it yeah. sticks and mm. you're, and you're using, you're not using, um, you know, gas, you're, you're using a fuel that is volatile. Um, you know, no, you don't know how hot that knot in that wood's going to burn compared to the wood that's right next to it and so yada, yada. Um, but I think that's what that, the pellet smoker, it, it, it just holds so constant that yeah. you don't have to worry about it. And that's, that's what, that's kind of like, and I'm, I'm probably like you, I feel a little guilty that you don't have to keep checking on it because you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to cook the meat. You don't want to watch the meat cook. And uh, I think that's what you give the pellet smoke. You get, you get to watch, you get to, you get to watch the meat cook instead of cooking the meat. And, uh, and I think that's one of the, the appeals of, of the pellet smokers. You're actually, for as easy it is, it kind of also gets you a little bit more involved in the process. Mm -hmm. It you does. Know, those old, you know, those old smokers like your Meyer Mixon, you know, w once you've got it down, you load it up, you walk away. You're good to go. And you can trust it. Mm -hmm. You have faith in it. 
because, you know, I mean, it's engineered well. Pellet, <clears throat> pellet grills, pellet smokers, they use technology to kind of compensate for the, <clears throat> the, the differences in, in, the, in what you're using or, you know, all of those sort of factors. It, the computer takes care of it for you. Um, Unless you're using the lever, you have to keep going back into the outside, make sure it's not on fire. <laughs> you got to well, you got to push the pellets down every ten minutes, yeah. right? You get yeah. a little pellet oh, plunger. To... I got I got carpal tunnel from doing that. Is awful. <laughs> you have to put your hand in there and scoop those things. <laughs> you put them in one at a time, right? You know, you know. You know. I don't know if you ever saw it. Weber makes a real cool uh, charcoal rake. I don't know if you ever saw it. Uh, it, it works great. It almost fits in the. Uh, pellet hopper perfect one swoop boom and he brings them all down all down to the hopper so yeah the, right. so get the weber uh get the weber well, charcoal rake and it works great you know i don't know very many pellet grills that all of the pellets seem to make it into the auger they always tend to bank up on the side or get stuck on something i mean that that's actually kind of Derek. i could not believe it when i saw that complaint first time i saw the complaint that you have to push. You have to, you you have to move the pellets to the hole. They don't feed evenly. And I looked in mine. I went, "Are you kidding?" I said, "They're complaining about that." You know, I, I said, "You know, try cooking something overnight and you have to go out there and throw, uh, you know, logs on your on your smoker." Yeah. You know, you think pulling pellets is hard? You're definitely not going to enjoy, uh, you know, cooking with a with a big, huge uh, stick burner like that, we we had to just ten years ago. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're not we're not we're not talking like you know our dad's grandpa. I mean, we're talking us. I oh, mean, yeah. just yeah. you know me today, but uh, but you know everybody when we first got into this ten years ago, they weren't using pellet smokers. They were using all everybody's using a stick burner. Yeah, and this this whole notion of you're going to sleep through the night while making barbecue. Hold it. Yeah, that's what. When when did we when did we when when did God grant us that ability? <laughs> you know, when He rained down and said, "You will sleep while you do barbecue now," and uh, and some people go, "You damn right we will," and uh, and if you can't, I'm gonna I'm gonna write the company and I'm gonna go on Facebook and I'm gonna tell everybody your your product's a piece of crap because I had to get up and rake rake the pellets down. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It blows my mind. People might be a little spoiled. I'm not sure. Uh, I think they're a lot of spoiled. Um, let's see. That, that was that was good on the. Uh, that was good on the uh, the the pellet thing. I, I like that. I like that a whole lot. We got a. Um, uh, oh, okay. Here's here's one. Here's one. Here's one. I wrote down many many questions for you. Um, and I'm gonna the last thing I'm gonna do is gonna be very selfish. So, just stay tuned. Um, the uh, the environment that we're in. Right now, with the, uh, you know, I know, um, I don't know if you know this. You probably do. I've got a little barbecue store that I've I've got right. going. I'm a, I'm a little over a year into it now, and I was really anticipating a big spring. I had the people from Weber coming up to uh, look at it. I'm trying to get the Weber dealership uh, for my store, and uh, of course we had to cancel that, uh, and that kind of bummed me out. Um, we just now, and unfortunately. The tornado is what gave me the bump in business because a lot of this has made a lot of people start cooking because they're cooking for other people. 
You see what I'm saying? They're helping. Yeah. And so this has driven a lot of business to that little store of mine. But what what do you think the impact on on this industry is going to be with this uh, with the economy the way it is? Because you know Memorial Day, I, I'm still I'm still afraid that Memorial Day is not going to be. You know, I was thinking at one time maybe that was going to be the big Welcome Back America Day, but I don't think it's going to be Memorial Day. What have are you you're you're connected with all these companies? Are they you know, how are they, how are they reeling through this? You know, everyone I've talked to has basically got the same answer one day at a time. Yeah. Cause they're just not, there's, there's no certainty. We're, we're in that place right now where it's like tomorrow could bring something totally different. And it would, it would be nice to be able to sit back and say, Hey, we have, we have some dates, we have a timeline here and these things are going to happen this way. And, you know, we're going to lift the ban on gatherings of more than two people or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on where you are, say, you know, have your family over 20 people at your house. I mean, you know, that would change a lot of things for the business. Um, So for a lot of manufacturers, it's we we don't know. We don't know if we're going to have a good spring. You know, I mean, we're going into May, and May is literally the biggest month of the year for the business. Yeah. And are people going to be buying grills? They seem to be. Um, but then again, there are situations in which manufacturers are like, we've had to cut back on getting our products together, uh, either manufacturing or assembling or, or shipping. You know, the, the distribution channels are all up in the air. You know, trucking has gone insane. You know, yeah, they're hauling. They're hauling. You know, they're hauling food. Going yeah, on. they're hauling food. So, the, yeah, the supply chains are yeah. are strange, and the businesses. I I don't know. I mean, I think back. I mean, I've been I've I've been covering this now for twenty three years. Mm-hmm. So I think back to nine eleven, and I think back to two thousand eight, and so. 9-11, people stayed home. There was a lot less travel. There was, I mean, this is when we invented the staycation. And right. it was good for the business. People were staying home. They were cooking more. They were taking, being with their families. And, you know, that crisis kind of inspired that sort of response. And I think that there's some of that to this. As soon as people can sit there and say, I can get back together with my family. I can bring in, you know, have the relatives come over. I think that it's going to be a lot of, you know, home nesting. And I think we're going to see some good cookouts. I think we're going to see some good interest in that direction. Um, you know, I th- when I think about the financial crisis uh, in 2008 and really in 2009, when it kind of hit the industry, um, yeah, it was a lot of home loss. There was a lot of job loss. Um, but again, people were going out less. They were staying home more. So they were... We saw increases in the sale of charcoal, in the sale of wood pellets. Propane demand went up in both of those instances. Wow. I think that if we can get to a point where people can breathe a little easier, feel a little more secure in their lives, feel like things are going to be okay, then I think there's going to be that kind of, you know, let's get the family together. Let's have some good times. Let's... yeah have that big sigh of relief and and in my experience 
that uh, a good cookout, a, a good family gathering in the backyard, making some barbecue. I mean, even if you're just cooking burgers and dogs or if you're smoking 20 briskets, whatever, it, that sort of scenario is the sort of thing that makes a lot of people come back and go, you know, I think the world's going to be okay. Yeah. And everything's going to work out. The, uh, and so the we people... just need to get past this hump. It's, it's... And where it is, I'm not sure. Is it three weeks from now? Is it four weeks? Is it eight weeks? But I think I think it will come along. I know the people that they came in the store this week, this week uh, so far, they're they're uh, they were almost happy to be shopping for something other than toilet paper, paper towels, and uh, things they couldn't find. You know, it was yeah. like a relief to them. Um, I, yeah. I keep these little boxes all around the store where you can grab and put the the rubs and stuff in the boxes. And man, I'm almost out of boxes now because people are grabbing them and filling those boxes up. Like I've got, oh, I got one little space left in this box. I'm going to buy something else. And uh, they they did seem it was like almost a, a moment of finally we're going to cook yeah. something so and i i think there's a i think there's a huge demand for that feeling and i think as soon as we uh, enough people feel safe and i think a lot of stuff's going to come back and it's going to feel a lot more normal man i hope things so. might be different but people are going to try and get back to that sense of comfort again okay Let's play store. Now, this is this is so selfish. I, I am selfish, and I'm probably doing. I'm going to ask you questions that you probably charge people to. So you're going to have to put up with. Okay, this. I'll start writing down. A cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to use you as my consultant. Okay, uh, you're the barbecue consumer, and you're looking for equipment, rub, sauce, and advice. When you go into a barbecue store, what is Derek Rich's looking for from that store what do you expect well um i remember a time when there wasn't barbecue stores you know not really not very many of them and i think the first one i went into was in kansas city and uh for me uh knowing that the people there are knowledgeable is the first thing i'm looking for I mean, there's a lot of people that are new to barbecue, a lot of people getting into it. And it seems like there's, you know, there's so many great things out there. But there's kind of too many great things out there. And uh, and for me, that's kind of like the, the first thing is someone you can talk to that knows what they're, what they're selling and can really guide you in that direction. Because there's a lot of great products out there. Well, um, it's, con- you know, it's confusing. It can get really barbecue. Barbecue can get real confusing really quick. Well, you know, when I first started, when I first started writing about barbecue, people would email me and ask me what a rub was. You kidding? And how do you make one? Hmm. And and so I had recipes for rubs. Now, you go into a barbecue store, and they have five hundred rubs. Oh. And they got all sorts of different kinds of rubs, and and then now it's a question of well, what kind of rub do you want? You know, what are you cooking? What kind of flavors do you like? There's so much versatility. There's so much variety out there because you can go almost any direction with these things now. And there's some really good, uh, there's some really good rubs out there. All right. What, what, when you go into, I'm, I'm assuming you go to, when you travel, you go to, if, there, if you see a store, you'll go into it. 
you know, I'm sure you've been in a lot of barbecue stores. A lot. Have you? Try to be. Try to. Would you say you've been in a lot of them? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I believe you. I believe yeah. you. Um, what were they missing? When you went in there, what did what turned you off? Well, I mean, I, for me, I like looking at a lot of equipment. And so and I go into a lot of barbecue stores. If they've got two different kinds of cookers, two different brands, and I'm kind of like, nah, there's not enough fun things for me to look at. Um, just because, I mean, that's my own interest. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I want to, I love to kick the tires on all the grills in the world. Um, so lack of, like, lack of selection, lack of selection. Okay. Yeah. Selection is diversity of selection. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been into, I've been into, I've been into barbecue stores and they've got five, 10 different models of pellet grills, but they don't have anything else. It's like, well, what if I want something else? What if I don't want a pellet grill? Mm-hmm. But, you know, so selection is is a big one. Um, my favorite thing to do with a barbecue shop is to hit it on a Saturday morning when, you know, if they're firing up food. I want to mm-hmm. see that, you know, I go in and talk to them when they're setting up and, you know, kind of have that chat. To me, it's, you know, I mean, a barbecue store is a lot about conversation. Oh, everybody, like, talking about barbecue. everybody likes to talk about it, that's for sure. All right, of all the ones you went to, final final question. We're way over, but that's okay. What else we got to do? We can't go anywhere. What what store have, that you've been in does it right? Of all the stores you visit. Oh. Well, now I have to remember names. Or you can say cities. I mean, I mean, there's not that many stores. I mean, I mean, there's more than there used to be, but I mean, each city doesn't. We just like Chattanooga. I think I'm the only one that has a store that's just dedicated to barbecue. Usually they're in hardware stores or, you know, you know yeah. there's a section yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I thought that was weird. And I mean, in, in the Salt Lake city area, there's a, I think there's a chain of five of them. Now they've opened like five barbecue stores. That's all they do. Really? Uh, well, that's really impressive for a place that didn't know what barbecue was 20 years ago. I mean, we've only had a real barbecue restaurant for like 12. Now we've got five barbecue stores. Um, you know, there's a lot of great stores in Kansas City. I think that's kind of where a lot of that got going. Um, see, now you see you're, you're toying with my memory. And not only wait till you're wait till you're 61. There was a place in Ohio I went to. They had a really great store. I think Chris Marks was doing a demo on Goodwin Smokers there, and I was traveling through that way. And I can't remember the store. Now I can't remember the town. Is it that hardware store that's at real the world's largest hardware store? Is it that one? No, no. This was just a barbecue store. Oh, just a barbecue store. Okay. Yeah. World's largest hard, hardware store. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's like an should be like an amusement park. Yeah, it's a, a guy, guy, guy amusement park. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, th- th- I I see where you I see what you're looking for though. I, I can I can see the uh, the type of consumer that you, you want to talk. You want to talk about it. You want to talk about several different types of things, and um, you want to you want to see all the stuff. There's, you know, the thing about barbecue that most people new to it don't understand is 
there's a lot of breadth. There's, it's a very wide subject. And a lot of times some of these little stores, they're very narrow. It's like, oh, we've got a couple of grills. We've got a couple of rubs. We've got a couple of sauces. We don't have, we don't reflect different styles or we don't reflect different flavors. And I like different. I mean, I've been doing barbecue stuff for a very long time. And, you know, I have, I actively go out and look for something I've never had before. You know, that's a big thing. And that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons it got me down this way is I can, it's not Austin itself. It's, I can drive two hours and be across half of Texas and mm -hmm. try out stuff I just haven't tried. So that's what I like. I want something new. Try a Heath Ryle citrus rub if you get a chance to. It's a good one. You, I you, think you, I have a jar of it in a box. It, it's, it's, it is wicked good on chicken wings. Wicked, we cooked some up last weekend. and uh, yeah, That is what's fun about having a little store like that. You can, uh, yeah, you we, can try it all. Yeah, we sprinkle the rubs on everything. I wonder how this tastes. I wonder how this tastes. Derek Riches, thank you so much. Man, you're you're the greatest. You are the greatest. I hope I didn't bore you too much, but um I think we had a lot of I think we had a lot of good information exchange hands. Good luck in Austin, Texas. Thank you very much. I wish you luck there. Um I know you're um uh, that little event you went to in New Orleans, the uh national Barbecue and patio, what was or, it called? Yeah, Hearth Patio and Barbecue Association. Yeah, that was kind of a, that kind of petered out, I think, didn't it, with the virus? Yeah, they were literally closing the show down as uh, we were there. I mean, yeah. this, the, I flew, the morning I left to go down there, New Orleans, Louisiana had no cases and there was 40 by the next morning. And um, they were shutting the city down while i was there so i was like it was the last american trade show well it sounds like you it was good you got out of there because uh, i think mardi gras started a, a whole different trend down there of respirators well, in in face masks yeah um, no because uh, uh the the show took place uh the same weekend as saint patrick's day so mm -hmm. that was going on so there was you know wild parties going on but eh, i kind of avoided the area i think um is it in nashville next year i believe yes yes it is so that that now you're now you're into my region right so and we'll I'll, have to and uh, i'll be up there and i will certainly get uh, do my best to get down your way yeah we'll have to uh we'll i'll have to i'll be up there if it's in nashville i'll come up there and check that thing out because that's uh and nashville's an easy drive from chattanooga and mm -hmm. uh it sounds like it's an interesting show thank you so much for being on the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show, Derek Riches. And next time, next time, I'll, I'll call you. We'll get you on in a few months. Let's talk Let's talk some griddle talk. Are you into griddles yet? Oh, yeah. I got a few. Okay. See, I'm, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't made the, I haven't made the, uh, the dive yet. I'm just buying the, just the flat tops that fit on my grill, but I'm getting ready to make the, uh, the plunge. So next, have a lot of fun with them. So next time we'll, uh, We'll, we'll talk about smash burgers. Oh, yeah. Sounds Derek, good. Derek, thank Thanks you so much. Up. Appreciate you. Have a good week. Stay you safe. Too. Derek Rich is all the way from Dallas, Texas, on the Butcher Barbecue Skype hotline. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Jeff Maxwell, thank you so much for moderating the chat room. We appreciate it. Joe Young, Kermit Dye, Peggy and Gail, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I saw all you guys in the chat. I appreciate that 
very much. We'll be back here next week on the Owl's Nest Barbecue Show uh, with another uh, another interesting guest, we hope. Until then, everyone, please be safe. And uh, let's see. I got something to tell you. Let me get this thing right here. Here it goes. Uh, remember when you need tires for your car, truck, or SUV? Don't trust your safety with just any tire. Ride on Michelin tires. And don't forget when it comes to barbecue flavor, Butcher Barbecue has your barbecue covered. With flavors from grilling addiction to honey rub, trust David Boskin, folks. Trust your butcher. Until next week, this is Steve Ray, your barbecue correspondent in Newtonwan, Tennessee. Good night and good luck. Why?